Happy, happy new year, everyone. Thank you all for joining us again. You are now listening to season two of Our Narratives. You know, it's really lit right now to be a black woman in America. Uh, You know, there are struggles. There are people that might try to block your blessings, but... That's when, you know, people have some things internally that's not right within themselves. So they try to stop Mm. your shine. But it's a new year. It's 2021 energy. We're not having that. We are showing up as our full selves. We're not code switching. We are not compromising our values. I can tell you that is something that I have left in the past. I'm kicking off a new job. I am so excited. Maybe I'll share more later. But yeah, just really happy to be here with you all. Chioma. Yeah, yeah. 2021. We're not taking any more L's. That's it. With the podcast, professional life, personal life, relationships, no more L's. And we're coming with, you know, with the quickness, with the vengeance. We're coming to reclaim our lives and reclaim our time. So that is the energy that we're bringing. So we are so grateful for y'all for sticking by us. We have come up with a whole new schedule um, of posting new episodes. So Mm -hmm. you're going to be getting these episodes biweekly. The production team that we have, amazing, awesome. So top tier content. So just keep on listening. Keep on vibing with us. Um, And yeah, 2021, reclaim your time, period. Period. Okay. So today, we have a really special guest with us, a woman who's a true pioneer for Black women entrepreneurs, Um, and she is the epitome of staying true to yourself, and this woman is B Dixon. So B is the CEO and founder of the Honeypot Company, um, a brand that creates plant-based feminine hygiene products. Um, so this company blew up. Um, it's been actually it's been pretty popular for a while, yeah. but it gained so many um, followers and fans last year in 2020 because racist trolls <laughs> they try to come for B's products and come for her neck giving her bad reviews but you know black twitter the power of black women we mm-hmm. rally behind each other we support each other and we fought back we clapped back and now look at her she is plastered all over magazines she is amazing and a trailblazer in her industry so Yep, just like she almost said, B has been making waves as an entrepreneur for a while now. You know, Forbes ranked her as one of the first 40 women of color to actually raise $1 million in venture capital funding. And I think she did a little bit more than that, technically speaking. And in 2020, The Root put her on their list of 100 most influential African Americans of the year. Let me tell y'all, B was ranked 12th, okay? Ahead of people like Issa Rae and Patrice Cullors. So B Dixon is not one to be played with. She has just been such a phenomenal person for us to engage with on the show. And so I know we were both super excited to have her. Yeah, we are really excited to talk to her. And I'm so happy that you all will be able to dig into this conversation and get all the tips and tricks um, about how to start your own business and how she learned how to cultivate her products and create her products largely from listening to her spiritual intuition. So y'all in for a treat. She definitely talks about how to be authentically yourself and how she engages in her work and personal life and creates a balance and how she cultivates a really great team behind her to support her. So let's get into this conversation with B.
Thank you so much, B, for joining us and for your patience as we went through the sound check. We're so excited to have you. You will be our first guest for season two. Um, and it's truly an honor. So thank you. No, thank you. It's an honor for me to be here. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for being with us. Um, so when we first met, you told us about your first feminine care product and how that came to you as a recipe from your grandmother in a dream. So could you fill our listeners in with your story and just how that came about? Yeah, so uh, back in between, kind of between 2011 and 2012, I had a almost year long bacterial vaginosis infection that I could not get rid of and it was awful. And um, one morning my grandmother came to me in a dream um, my grandmother died when my mother was very young, so I, I've never really physically met her, um, except for that one time. Um, but she basically, in the dream, told me she had been walking with me, you know, seeing me struggle. She handed me a piece of paper. It had a list of ingredients on it, um, and she basically told me this was what was going to solve my problem. Mm. You know, I kept trying to talk to her, but she kept saying, like, no, don't don't talk to me. Look at the paper, read the paper, memorize the paper. And so that's what I did. You know, when I woke up, I woke up, like, saying ingredients because I wanted to make sure that I got everything that she was telling me, you know. And, you know, I woke up, I wrote it down, I made it within a couple of days. Um, you know, I used it. And... Like four to five days after that, I noticed that everything that I was dealing with had went away. Wow. And that is the formula for our normal feminine wash. Now I can't I can't say that that's what you know everybody's experience is gonna be because everybody's gonna have a different experience, right? Um, our products aren't meant to cure, prevent, treat, or diagnose anything. That's just what happened for me. That's how we got started. That's so powerful. Thank you. I love that. Every time I hear that story, I'm just like, wow, like you really had to li listen to your ancestors, listen to your dreams. I'm one of I'm one of those people that are just like, oh, I dreamed about this. All right. Well, let's move on. But right. I got to start listening. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want to, you know, I mean, it's um, you should always do what you want to do, you know, because mm -hmm. when you really want it. It, it was meant for you. If it's something you can just like shrug away, you know, that's probably a sign that that's not really a thing that matters to you. In this instance, um, I was dealing with a lot. And so I needed relief and I was willing to do anything. You talk about doing what you need to do to heal yourself in that moment. And I think it reminds us of, I don't know if you're familiar with the NAP ministry um, founded by Trisha Hersey, but really it encourages people to connect with their ancestors and receive information through sleep. So do you follow any of those teachings and, um, and hearing those words from your grandmother, did that speak to you along the journey as you created more products? I think um, I'm in alignment with all things around me, right? Whether that be the air I breathe, the um, nature, my family, the plants that I live with, everything. And, and I feel like my ancestors are constantly there. Because um, even in the dream, my grandmother told me she had been with me. She had been watching me. She had been walking with me. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm ever without my agons, right? Which is the um, Nigerian, the Yoruba word for um, for ancestors. Have I had an experience like that particular one with my ancestors? No, I haven't. But I've had other types. I've had, you know, and and the type, the, the experiences that I had that I've had haven't necessarily been in alignment with. Um, with my brand, it could be personal, it could be spiritual, it could, you know, it could be a combination of things. But again, I've lived a very extraordinary life. Every, literally, every fucking thing that I have done in my career has prepared me for this moment, and that could just be by happenstance. It just doesn't feel that way, you know. I think that's something that a lot of people, I just don't see, like how the past experiences that you had that you would consider like faults or just points in your life that you don't want to take in the future, those things follow you. And those things can be applied to things in the future as well. Like you didn't know in your past you would be here, but you, there are lessons that you've learned in your past have prepared you to be here. And that's such a, that's such a great thing to say. And that's a good outlook to have on life. Um, Cause you know, you could have a really shitty job <laughs> like a lot of people. <laughs> And you're like, dang, what does this have to do with anything? But but it does have to do with everything. You know, we've all had shitty jobs, but at least we had a job, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> well, the way I was able to make the first product in the first place was because I used to be a pharmacy technician. And so, you know, when you're a mm-hmm. pharmacy technician, the, the person that's really doing all the work is the pharmacy tech. And then you're presenting that work to the pharmacist or, you know, or the doctor of pharmacy, right? And so, you know, if you're filling an IV bag, you're going to get the syringe, you're going to pull out what you need of the drug, you're going to pull, you're going to get the bag that you're going to put the drug into, you're not going to shoot the drug into the bag, you're going to lay all of that out for the pharmacist so that the pharmacist can see, can, can check your calculation and make sure that you, that you did the right math and make sure that you've got the right drug and you've got the right dose and all that stuff. And then they sign off on it. And then when they sign off on it, now you can go and put that in the bag, right? Um, and so my, I did that for like 10 years of my life. So that's how I knew how to kind of calculate and formulate um, Honeypot because I had that experience. So when you create those honey pot products, knowing that they come from a place of love, really, and wellness, how do you turn that one product invention into a business and like consider ways for other women to expand into a line of products, even though they might not have formal training? Um, you know, when it comes to making anything, you can Google almost everything, mm-hmm. right? You can look at somebody's recipe for, for example, a whipped shea butter and the instructions on how to make it, right? You can, you can look up instructions for concocting a cold um, blend of a body wash. Like, you can Google stuff like that. The thing about making skincare is just having a knack for how ingredients come together, right? So, you know, you want, if, it, if you're having something in for the skin and you want it to be soothing, even though lavender is one of the most cliche ingredients, 
lavender is is really great because it's soothing, it's calming, it's refreshing. Um, you know, if you want something that's going to be healing the skin, you would want to use calendula or calendula, potato, potato, however you look at it, aloe. There's so many ways that you can go, right? But understanding it's really good if you can figure out how to make your product yourself first mm -hmm. because you really want to be an expert at it. You know, you really want to have like gotten your hands in it and you really, you know, for people that have money, that's not necessary, you know, because you can go and you can sit down with a chemist and, and the, you know, you can talk Wait. about how do you find the chemist to sit down with and like all of that? You, you Google that shit. Okay. Chemist to help me create a skincare product. And you can like set up time with them and stuff? Yeah. You oh, call them. Mm. Yeah, I didn't you, know that. Skincare chemists. Yeah. You call them and you, and you set up an appointment. Now don't go unless you've got money. Well, right? that's why I didn't even know about that. That's about yeah, my grade. That's about my pay grade. <laughs> If, if you have them, don't go unless you have the money to do it. Don't just call up a chemist and talk to them about what they do. Unless you want to figure out what that costs, then call, right? Mm -hmm. So you can prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. But don't be trying to set up appointments and meet them and do all that shit and waste their fucking time. Because that's just mm -hmm. not, that's just, no, nobody likes that, right? Mm -hmm. Call to, you can call to say, hey, um, I'm working on a skincare product. I'd like to spec it out and just see what the costs are associated with it. You know, sometimes it could be high. Sometimes it might not be that high based on um, the chemist that you find. Um, but if you're out here on your own, like I was, because I didn't have a lot of capital um, at all, um, you know, I had to figure that shit out on my own. Now, now it's, you know, it's the way that I innovate products is I work with my chemists that work with, within the manufacturing facilities that we use, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I tell them, what, what do I want the ingredient deck to look like? What do I want this to do? How do I want this to feel? And then we go back and forth. Um, but I understand that from a from another level because I I've done this shit. Like I was a baby manufacturer, right? Mm. Like I we made our own wash and we did that for years. So like I think that it's dope if you can figure out how to make your stuff yourself because the day that you do go to a manufacturer, there's a bunch of shit that you're not gonna know, right? Like there's QA processes, which is quality assurance and quality control processes that take time to learn. Um, but if you've made a skincare product, you know what that kind of looks like and it makes it easier, you know, and then, um, you know, literally taking to Instagram and, and giving it away that goes really far in the beginning. You know, you don't want to give it away because you're like, I just started, but in the beginning it's like the most important time to give it away because you need to create a buzz. You need people to get excited about it. Don't think that you got to go and deal with a bunch of um hot with 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 influencers that have crazy amounts of followers because a lot of times those things don't really have a return on the investment right so mm. you, may, you may be thinking that you're going to invest in this influencer and they've got a zillion followers and and you know and you may think that that's going to move the needle sometimes it does but most of the time that shit doesn't you know what i mean yeah. 
you know, so using micro influencers, using influencer networks. I think the one we use is called Inspree Brands, and that's I-N-S-P-R-E-E. And, and that makes it easy because then you don't have to go out and find your own influencers and try to get them to follow up. And when they agree to do some shit, they may or may not do it. You know, when you work with a network, they actually manage those people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're not necessarily paying ridiculous amounts of money to an influencer. You might just be sending product, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so getting your brand out, creating a good website, not one that's super expensive. Keep it simple. Go to 99design, go to 7lemon, go to 4blend, go to Shopify, uh, go to Squarespace. There's different websites where, where they represent designers and graphic designers and things like that. But using companies like 99design, 7lemon, 4blend are really cool because um, it's not ridiculous amounts of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep your website simple, basic. Start out with like two to three products. Do not fucking think that you got to have your whole line created. That's just <sighs> not how it goes. Make your branding really simple, really nice font, but simple. Um, make your brand colors really simple. Call your products. Call them what they are. Don't give them fucking weird names because nobody <laughs> That shit means shea butter. This got shea butter, coconut oil, you know, sage, lavender, whatever. This is a coconut oil. This is a shea and coconut, lavender, sage, shea butter. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't make it weird. Like, don't don't call it shea cocoa or anything like that. Just (laughs) a simple name. (laughs) If you want to call it shea cocoa, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Right? But make sure that below that it says that it's lavender and sage. Okay. Make it things that people understand because if you have to make it easy for the end consumer. If the end consumer has to ask themselves any fucking question, that is a moment where you just lost somebody. Nobody wants to think about that. Don't make mm-hmm. your website too wordy. Keep it simple. Pictures, a little bit of words, right? You know, and understand what kind of content you want to have too because building a website requires content, right? Like, like yep. you have to know what you want to say. You need to, when you put your buy GS1 barcodes, you know, when you put your um the reason for that is because if your product ever goes into a retailer or anything like that, you're gonna need a GS1 barcode. If you do not have GS1 barcodes and you have like a barcode from some Google search that you did and you know it's if it, if it don't say GS1, then you don't have a GS1 barcode. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's that is a website. Um, and I know that because I made that mistake. Um, and so it's important that you work with somebody to build your site, unless you know how to do that. Um, because your learning curve is not going to look good. Real shit. It's just not. <laughs> so how do you determine when, as a, a new entrepreneur, when you bring other people in versus when you, you know, not fake it till you make it, but you use the skill set that you have and you try to leverage it in a new area you and also I mean, think about the cost of bringing in somebody. I think, um, I think in the instances I'm talking about, these are all just consultants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the people that you would need to bring in in the beginning is like somebody that can help you with shipping boxes, right? If you're making the product, somebody that can help you make it. 
don't be weird about having people come in and help you make it because you're you're scared that they're gonna take your fucking recipe. Like most people do not want to fucking start a business, and even if they do take it, the amount of work that it's gonna require to do it, most people like eight times out of ten, people are not gonna fucking people want a job. They don't want a business, you know. <sighs> and that's what non-disclosure agreements and non-compete agreements are for right and so you know non-compete agreement can only really be for like i think two years so don't get crazy and try to create a non-compete for 10 years go to legal zone hire one of their lawyers having them write up documents isn't that expensive um but don't try to write that up yourself um even if you have to stack up and save for it it's worth that shit. you know what i mean uh, and the other thing that I would say, arrest, especially around bringing people in, don't just dole out executive titles. Don't just do that. <laughs> I've been there and done that. Um, and, you know, once you start raising money, you know, because we, we raised with the New Voices Fund a few years ago, once you start raising money, you're going to really understand how you can fuck shit up when you hand out titles too quick. So would you say you build your team, fundraise, and then decide who manages what and who really is doing the work that requires that title, executive title, so to speak, or? I think if you have a person in your life that you can work with, that is that is an expert at the title that you want to give, mm-hmm. Then, then you're having a different conversation, right? Um, if like my brother, who's my co-founder, at, at one time was our CFO, my brother went to Bentley University, which is one of the top schools for accountancy, right? He's ridiculously financially literate, right? Mm. He's had his own accountant firm. He is equipped. He just understood all the shit, right? That made sense for him to be the CFO, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so if it's somebody who has a real skill set, yes, but don't just give them that title. They got to work for that shit. Mm-hmm. If you want to give them equity or something or you want to make them a co-founder, that's cute, but let them fucking show you that that's what they really want, right? Mm-hmm. And with me and my team, like me, Cy, Linda, we, we never had a contract in place, ever. Until 2018. And how long prior to that were y'all working? Five, six years. Okay. Me and Linda, four years. Mm. Never had a fucking contract, which meant that they weren't in it for the contract, right? We all worked basically for free for that amount of years. Mm. That's what co-founders do. You understand? (laughs) We know. That's what executive leadership team does because you can have an executive leadership team once you start making money. Let's say money get tight. Guess what? Who's going to suffer out of the fucking business? Who's not going to eat? It should get the executive leadership team, bitch. Right? Because mm. everybody <laughs> first because they the ones that do the work. Not that we don't do the work, but we 
we're at the top making the decisions and then passing down the information and then we all have to execute, but we are nothing without our team, right? So look, y'all gotta earn that shit. I'm not saying do anything for free, but in the beginning, the business really can't pay anybody, you mm. know? Um, and that's another thing. Don't, don't, don't be trying to pay yourself a salary for your business till your business is making money. In that case, you need to have a job and you need to have a fucking business because mm. raising capital isn't easy like it was years ago, just six months ago. Because <laughs> this post-COVID world is a real thing. So, you know, so you, you can't just create something in your brain and then just go raise some money, especially if you're making products. That's not how this shit works. You need to make money first and build your story and help them to understand how their money is going to make money. Mm. You don't ask somebody for money so that you can go try to figure out what works. That shit is stupid. Who wants to invest in something like that, right? So, you know, so it's, it's important um, to understand these things. Don't just be doling out equity. Don't just be doling out huge um, executive roles because when you, when you do that, um, and you, especially when you put contracts in place, people can stick to those fucking contracts. And unless you have a good attorney, which is expensive, um, it can be hard to get out of that. So let people show you who they are. If they really fuck with you, they gonna stay. You know what I mean? That's so true. I hope our listeners are taking notes because you are educating me. Gail and I, <laughs> we're going through the same thing, trying to get our platform off the ground and, you know, working with each other. Like we, I don't know, I've never run a business before. Gail, I don't know what your past life was like, but maybe you have, but everything <laughs> is so new. And, you know, I think social media will have you thinking like, as soon as you get a business, you're making money. Or as soon as you get a business, right? Like people are promoting your stuff. People are only showing you the good side of being an entrepreneur. There's a bad side. There are struggles that you have to work through, money that you got to spend. Yeah. And it's not, um, even that it's, it's not even that it's like a bad side. It's just, this shit is not easy. No. It is a uphill battle. And sometimes that hill has fucking ice on it. Right. Mm. And, and you got to get a fucking um, what's that thing called when people that are the chisel uh, or like, yeah, like, the camera, man. like if you were <laughs> climbing a mountain, all the things that rock climbers need and ice climbers, you know, mountain climbers need like it's like you're fucking climbing Mount Everest. Right. And, and the people that climb Mount Everest want to fucking climb Mount Everest. That's why it's important if you really, really, really want to do this shit, like really, really, you have to understand that you can fucking die climbing Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. A lot of people fucking die. <laughs> That's a fact. So you have to be willing to take the risk. Listen, it's the same energy. You got to be willing to give this shit everything like there is no fucking plan B. Because if there's plan B, plan C, plan D, that means you really don't believe in yourself. Mm. You have people on the squad that can be conservative. That's what you got CFOs for and, and revenue officers and, and, and sales teams once your business is growing. That's what you have them for. Your job as the founder is to fucking climb Mount Everest and know that you're going to make it to the top 
and you're not going to die, right? And you're going to do anything that it takes to get there. You're going to fucking practice. You're going to you're going to take hikes. You're going to like you're going to put yourself through endurance training like you are going to be in it. You have to be you got to be fucking crazy. You have to be. <sighs> if people don't think you're crazy for how big you're thinking, right? You're not thinking big enough. Period. Don't matter what color your skin is, because a lot of times as black women, we get caught up in that. You know, we we ask, what's it like to be a black woman? And, and it's like, fuck that. Fuck all of that shit. Right. Let's just be here to get this shit done. Fuck my skin color. That doesn't matter. That only matters for the culture. You know, it matters for knowing what happened for us to be here, for having respect for all the people that have had to die and sacrifice and all that. That's why that matters. But when it comes to business, fuck that, right? I'm here to win. Even if I was fucking green, that's all that matters. Don't talk mm. about my skin, right? Because I don't have nothing to do with this fucking conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come from a lens and do things that are scalable. Talk about the scalable piece of it, because I think sometimes people come up with an idea and they don't truly consider what does this look like if I want to scale this even across a county versus even a city, let alone state, country, globally. Yeah. Make things for the masses. Make things for humanity. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with just making things for Black people, right? But understand that if that is your mantra, right, you're going to get what you ask for. And there's nothing wrong with that because the black dollar is powerful. But the fucking world dollar? <laughs> you want the world bag. The world bag, man. I want a fucking bag, right? So I make shit for everybody. I'm not trying to just have a black bag. I want a fucking humanity bag. Mm. I want my whole shit full. That's what I want. And so, I, but I guess if it, it, you have to figure out what you want. I know how to think big because that's all I fucking know, man. And yeah. I want to be able to contribute to shit that I, that I want to see changed in the world. And how the fuck do you do that if you don't have a big bag, you know? I have a question about that. So, you know... From this conversation, I can tell you are 100% yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing to be as a Black woman, um, as a person in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, as you're trying to build your team, build your brand, and get funding from different people, different companies, how are you able to balance those philosophies? Like, I want to get a bag, but I also want to be myself. Oh, because you've got to be yourself. Mm -hmm. you got to fucking be Never walk into any fucking room, no room, no room, not being yourself. I remember I met with a Target buyer once. I don't remember which buyer it was um, because we've talked to a couple over the years. And uh, (laughs) I said, fuck. And she just stopped and she was like, you know what? I, I think that. I think that was the first time I ever had a fuck in a meeting, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, um, when you not when you are yourself, you're you may still be nervous, but you'll get over the nervousness because you showed up as you and you're comfortable mm. in. 
right? You got to be comfortable in your skin. You got to be down for the shits. You can't be here for the shits and then trying to be something that you're not. You got to show yeah. the meaning in what you would wear, obviously relative to the situation, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't show up to a meeting with a little baby mini skirt on and your ass out and shit like that, right? But but still show up to your meeting, fly how you want, how you're fly. Even if your hair is a fucking different color and your nails are hood as fuck. And if you're like me, I got tattoos on my face and shit, right? Um. I I speak in profanities because I like it, you know. Um, and show up as you like. I love that. Show up, show up as who you are, especially as a founder, because everybody wants that. They want that shit. That's what they want. That's the thing mm-hmm. they want. Um, they're not attracted to the status quo, because the status quo. These aren't the days of the status quo. Mm, so true. You know, the conventional brands used to be the fucking heroes, right? Now, all the conventional strategics, the Procter & Gamble's, the Unilever's, the Kimberly Clark's, all of that, who, what are they buying? They're buying indie brands, right? Because yeah. brands fucking rule the world, right? So you, how can you be a founder of an indie brand and not be indie? Be yourself. Even if you are buttoned up and college educated and speak in a certain way, if that's what makes you feel comfortable, be that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm kind of on the polar opposite side of that. I didn't finish college because I hated school, right? I, I'm, I will show up to a meeting with fucking Chuck Taylors on a Noah hoodie and an African print skirt. Like I'm here for that. It doesn't matter what meeting that is. You understand what I'm saying? Um, a fuck or a shit is coming out, whether I'm presenting to an investor, a buyer, uh, talking to you, whoever that is, right? But that makes me feel comfortable. I don't know how to be anything other than myself. So all I'm trying to say is, is be who you are because and whoever that is, do not ever try to force it. Because if you come and you you're authentic, that's what they invest in. And I think it's valid too, like how you distinguish between you know coming in with you know a booty some booty shorts and a crop top might not be appropriate for the for a particular time and place, but that doesn't mean that you know that part of yourself isn't valid. No. Like, you could go to the club like that. You can go outside like that. Just not at that particular meeting. So you have to find your professional self too. You can still be professional ratchet if that's what you want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, because what if you're selling crop tops and you're wearing your product? Yeah. Right. That's your brand. In that instance, exactly. Mm-hmm. That would make sense, right? Right. Um, you know, but you still would go, you, you still should just show up as who you are, Right. Talk how you talk, be how you are, know your shit, though. Mm. Understand your business, backward, forward, left, right, fucking diagonal, know it. You have to know your business. If you don't know your business and you're not ready for that meeting, reschedule that shit. There's power in rescheduling a meeting because you don't want to make a poor impression it's better if you take the time you need to make sure you're ready. Yeah, because everything communicates, right? 
Mm-hmm. So we have to ask, when they tried to drag Honeypot, them racists, was it hard for you to stay quiet and let it play out? And why did you think that was the best move? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't really give a fuck about a racist person because that's their problem. That's not mine, mm-hmm. you know. And it benefited y'all in tenfold. Yeah, but I didn't do it because it was because I want I w- I didn't remain calm and quiet because I wanted it to benefit me. Mm-hmm. I remained calm and quiet because how the fuck do you respond to people like that? What, <laughs> right. what response can you give to a person who would take what I said and make it negative? How do you respond? You can't. Re- it's impossible. So like, why am I gonna even do that? That shit is stupid. Why am I gonna do mm-hmm. that? So picking where you want to put your energy to and what you respond to. Because sometimes people might feel like they need to be defensive for their business and their shit because people get personal about it. Fuck that. Mm. This isn't personal. It's fucking business, mm. first of all. And then second of all, uh, I don't need to def- to defend shit if I know what it is. Mm. Yeah. know that I'm not racist, why the fuck I'm going to defend that? How I, if I'm defensive, I'm trying to control what you think of me. I can't control you. Mm. I can't control shit. All I can control is my fucking self. So I'm gonna stay over here and be quiet, right? Because I don't need to fucking be right. You got it. If that's what you want, you right. There's only a couple people I may try to be right with, and that's typically in my love life mm. and with my brother. <laughs> People that I love can affect me. People I don't fucking know, why do I care what they think? Why? That's so true. I think that's a very important part of being a founder and even just knowing who you are and having a true sense of your identity because that allows you to be unshakable because they could try to blow smoke and you're still breathing clear air because you know what you got going on over here. Exactly. And and even and I'm even working to not be affected by my friends and family. Right. Mm. So me not being cool is not going to make that shit any better. You got to be able to be calm, collected, non-reactive. That doesn't mean don't feel. Have a take a moment, feel, be upset, react. But that shit can't go past a couple days, bitch. Because you don't have time for that. You just don't, right? If you got to stew over something for weeks and weeks and weeks, that shit ain't worth it, man. You don't have time for that. You have to be living. You have to be well. You have to be running your business. You have to be enjoying your life. You have to be able to be quiet. You have to be able to be present. And if you're neurotic, that's Mm. not being able to do any of that shit properly, you know? So you you have to be careful. That's interesting how you bring up like emotional intelligence. I was just reading an article from the school I'm looking at and their dean was talking about being a triple threat, having like IQ, emotional intelligence, EQ, and decency intelligence. And decency intelligence is like you just being a good ass person, like there are a lot of psychopaths, sociopaths that are emotionally intelligent. But what makes you as a person a good human being is your DQ. Like, how decent of a person are you? 
And there are a lot of racists out here. They know how to hit you because they're emotionally intelligent. They know how to brain works. Yeah. They say these things because they want you to pop off. But you as a decent human being, you're not even going to feel the flames. You're not going to go into that round mm-hmm. because you know, at the end of the day, as a human being, I'm never going to treat someone like that. I'm going to work on myself and work on my grind. So that's so interesting how you brought that up. And and people that may be racist, they may have emotional intelligence, but understand the way that they are treating you is how they fucking see themselves. Yep. And that's one of the reasons I don't fuck with racism or even get involved in that in that I'm not getting I'm not getting involved in that fight. I'm I'm going somewhere else because this is not this is it this ain't the one for me. Mm-hmm. So that same intention and fire that you even bring to your own life as you think about what you eat to the way how you build your products to how you show up to meetings and how you climb your own Mount Everest. When you think about where you see yourself continuing to grow and, you know, enter into as a businesswoman and you think about how Honeypot will grow, what is really in the future for you all? Because it seems to be limitless. So what are some things that you think you are striving for in those spaces? I'm striving to be whatever my version of the best is. Mm. I'm striving to to be abundant in everything that we do when it comes to business, to be abundant with how we put products out into the world, to be abundant with the type of products that we put out, to be abundant with the type of ingredients, with the type of testing, with the type of all that shit, right? In my personal life, I'm striving to be abundant with how I eat, with how I think, mostly how I think and how I see myself and love myself Mm. and be kind to myself. I will be abundant. I am abundant. I will be abundant. Um, you know, I have to think that way even until the the seven or eight or nine or ten zeros come into my bank account, right? I have to think that way because mm-hmm. that's what I want, right? The, the type of things that I'd like to do for myself, for my family, for my friends, for humanity um, will require capital, a decent amount of it. You know, I just think very limitless. I dream and I think of how I want to live and I work really fucking hard. I punch it into the GPS system. And then because because I know what I want the foundation of my life to look like. And mm-hmm. I know what it looks like even in this moment. Right. And so I'm willing to get in the car and drive there because that's what I want to do. So. Yeah, like that, that. That's 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 what's next for us to get in the fucking car and go, or get in the spaceship and go. You know, like, <laughs> hey, man, um, let me get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like my mother told me, like Simon told me, like Stoicism taught me, we are absolutely gonna fucking die. That is a fact. Real shit. That is the one thing you are promised. Once you get onto this earth, you're going to die. So what you going to do with your time? Are you going to spend it doing all the things that you don't want to do? For me, I'm spending it doing all the shit that I want. And I'm grateful that my mind can accept that. Mm. And you know what? There is this, in my emo days in middle school, I used to listen to Fall Out Boy. Um, And there was this, right? I love Fall Out Boy. 
there was this one song it's called get busy living or get busy dying yo that always stuck with me and it was so true like when i really started thinking about it i was like you better get busy living or you gotta bet better get busy dying yeah start planning your funeral right now like because doing those things that you don't want to do or that aren't fulfilling they kill you slowly because you're betraying yourself right yeah, yeah. I know, because I've done it. <laughs> we all have done it and will do it. Sometimes it takes you doing shit that you don't want to do to get to where you want to be. The point yeah. is knowing where you want to go and, and, and being willing to just go with the flow of how the shit happens. Because anything that can go wrong would definitely go wrong. You're not in control of that, right? You're only in control of how you react to it and how you poise yourself within the situation to be able to get to the next moment. Yeah, that's so nice. I love this conversation. I love y'all. Thank you so much, B. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This was out of this world. You were astronaut for us, so. Right, take us with you. Be an astronaut, go, go. You're an astronaut yourself. You don't fucking need me, man. You got it. <laughs> well, thank you. No problem. tuning in to another episode of our narratives now it's time for my personal favorite portion of the show where we do our resources recap so if you were listening intently you heard us talk about nap ministry which highlights the importance of rest because we need rest right you also heard b talk about the importance of having unique gs1 codes so if you're looking to learn more about these different topics and other gems that were shared in the episode please check us out on all social media platforms at our.narratives that is again at our.narratives we would like to give a special thank you to our producer for this episode taylor hosking shout outs to her we would also like to thank Sophie Birnbaum for connecting us with the wonderful B. Dixon and Honeypot. We'll talk to you all soon. 